Tell us a little bit about what you saw and, and, and being able to relay that message to Cora when you watched Kimbrell pitch and, and kind of help out so he wasn't uh, tipping his pitches. So tipping pitches, we hear about it all the time. People at home understand what tipping pitches is all about. It's amazing. Man. And that's remarkable. Alex, I have an important question for you to start the podcast out this week. Always do, Bobby. Always do. You know what? Some some are calling me the greatest interviewer of our times. Mm-hmm. I'd only interview you and sometimes baseball writers. Yeah. You know, I've always said you're the Howard Stern of baseball media. <laughs> Why are you trying to derail the podcast <laughs> this early on? I'm more of a um, Barbara Walters, I feel mm. like. I'm the Barbara Walters yep. uh-huh. of, of niche leftist baseball media. Just asking the hard-hitting questions that nobody wants to answer, but we know the world needs to hear. Mm-hmm. That hard-hitting question that nobody wants to answer, that the world needs to hear this week, is... Did we screw up last week by leaving off Clayton Kershaw? (laughs) There's a lot of conversation going on in Slack, in uh, text messages from unnamed family members who Mm -hmm. are related to you about leaving off Clayton Kershaw. Mm -hmm. So my question is, did we screw up by leaving (laughs) off Clayton Kershaw? No. Seriously, you're going to cower to the masses? Yes, this is what I was hoping you would say. They no, weren't in we, the room with us. Exactly. They didn't grinding it understand out the, list. the creative process. Yeah. You know, we thought long and hard. Whether or not Kershaw's name came up at all, whether or not we thought about him or forgot about him is irrelevant <laughs> to the entire argument. Did you, let me ask you this. Did you think about him at all until he came up in conversation on the episode? I'm a little worried to say my actual answer. Because you did think about him and you chose not to or because he didn't even cross <laughs> I, your mind? <laughs> That's for the listener to divine. Okay. Just, I gotta be honest. He's not famous. All right? He was on New Girl. I get it. We get it. He was on New Girl. Okay? That's the only point in his favor. He doesn't want to be famous. Where does he go every offseason? If he wanted to be famous, he would go somewhere where he's seen. Mm -hmm. Not to Texas. Yeah. I mean... To never be heard from. Like, he's objectively really well known by baseball fans. But he doesn't strike me as like a baseball celebrity no. If if that makes sense, like he doesn't have that he doesn't have that like red carpet aura that I think some of the other people who we named yeah do. And that's no fault of his own. I think as you mentioned, he has no interest in cultivating that side of his personality. I think and good he, for him. I think he's like Jesse Plemons. Mm-hmm. Well respected as one of the great actors slash players of our time. Definitely probably a good hang. Definitely, probably. That's how you podcast. Mm-hmm. Definitely, probably a good hang. Liked by everybody within their field. But if he steps on the red carpet, no one's going to be like, there's the most famous person in the world. It's just not It's not there. Incredible to compare Jesse Plemons to an NL West pitcher and <laughs> have it not be Logan Webb. That was good. That was good. I... I'm at the top of my game right now. You know, I got a, I got a latte in me. I got a Negroni in hand. Mm-hmm. We're going to do a fun podcast today. That is hopefully going to infuriate fewer people <laughs> than last week's did. And I'm excited to do that. So without further ado, we're going to do the 2023 Tipping Pitches Band Topics. We're not allowed to talk about them. The Band Topics, not allowed. But before we do that, I am Bobby Wagner. I'm Alex Baisley. The man who forgot about playing Kershaw. And you are listening to Tipping Pitches.
Okay, thank you to this week's new patrons who have not canceled their Patreon membership simply because we left Clayton Kershaw off of the 30 A-listers list. Those new patrons this week are Michael, Gilbert, Keith, Mike, and Kyle. A Michael and a Mike, all in one week. Mm-hmm. We're really diversifying. <laughs> <laughs> no Alex's this week. What's up, dude? I know. I got to go shake the tree again. Exactly. I know there are a few more out there. We get a new Alex like every three days. Yep. It's really unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on there. Something supernatural. No, the rate of production over there in the factory is just really... <laughs> factory? <laughs> <laughs> are you insinuating that you're like the foreman of, an, of a, a factory of Alex's signing up for the Tipping Pitches patron? I, Patreon? Well, that sounds pretty good the way, you know, putting it like that. Yeah. I was I was suggesting that I am I am a product oh. of, of said factory. Uh, you know, just like we're all products of the factory of life <laughs> the extent to which i am losing this metaphor i cannot even express so we're just going to keep the more we through. lose it the the better, the it, better gets, it, it gets <laughs> um to those of you who want to be like mike and michael and the rest of our lovely patrons you can go to patreon.com forward slash tipping pitches that's a forward that slash a forward slash do not put in a backslash it'll still take you to the same place but it'll be the wrong link and it's gonna look weird yeah It'll just actually redirect you to the, the forward slash. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of fun stuff there. As noted, access to the Tipping Pitches Slack, where you can come in and tell us how disappointed in us you are. Chastise that, us. That we forgot. Lambaste us. Yeah. Critique us productively, mm-hmm. unproductively. Inbox us, as some might say. Yep. Re- regrettably, actually, all of the um, all of the Patreon money we invested in Silicon Valley Bank. <laughs> yes. Which is kind of a weird time to bring this up. But um Okay. I've been waiting like 10 days to talk about this with you. Yeah. Yeah. SVB. Lay it all out there for me. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> you know, because okay, the SVB thing broke. It was like a couple of days before the Oscars. I was like, ooh, is Jimmy Kimmel gonna touch on this in his Oscar speech? But no, no, he was too much of a coward. Yeah. You know, I thought he kind of shied away from the SVB jokes because he probably has some money in there. Right. Thought he wasn't as honest as he could have been. And as the next best thing from a cultural perspective to the Oscars, the Tipping Bitches podcast, I feel like we need to comment on it. So, yeah. SVB. Are oh. Lehman Brothers? Question mark? <laughs> Odds that Alex Rodriguez had some sort of financial tie. Dude, they, they're not even putting that on the books. That's way too guaranteed. Like, they're, 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 they're not taking those bets. Right. But it's backed by Big Biden. He saved him. Biden swept in and saved A-Rod. Yep. Did you have any money in SVB? I guess, did we have any money in SVB? I don't actually know. (laughs) 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 We did get an email. (laughs) We got an email from our banking app that we use for the Tipping Pitches podcast. (laughs) They were like, so you've heard about SVB. Here's what you need to know. Here's what you need to know from our small banking community. And it's like, Right. And it they were like, they were like, nothing will change. <laughs> it reminded me of like early days of COVID where everyone in their every single company and their brother needed to email you to be like, here's what we're doing to take COVID seriously. And then like three months later, um, after George Floyd was murdered, and every single company had to email you to be like, here's why we stand against murdering people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's be like, thank you, Meineke Car Care. I really appreciate your <laughs> Bold and brave stance against police brutality. Lots of discourse around how Silicon Valley Bank uh, uh, went bankrupt because it was too woke. 
Oh, yeah. And I'm here to say that it's because it wasn't woke, woke enough. enough. Yeah. There were people complaining that there were women on the board, right? <laughs> Um, the Wall Street Journal. Yes, the Wall Street Journal was, page was, was upset like, about that. They were too concerned with <laughs> diversity to worry about insuring the funds. I, while that is a um, a heinous bad faith take, it is also objectively amazing take artistry mm-hmm. by them to see what happened and be like, this is because of diversity, equity, and inclusion right. efforts. Famously. White men have never um, caused a financial meltdown before. <laughs> a bank run. Certainly not in this century. <laughs> there are no documentaries that you can watch about white people causing problems in the global economy. <laughs> no. Those don't exist. They literally don't. Anyway, I just wanted to pour one out real quick. I'm pouring my Negroni on the ground here. Don't you know. do that. <laughs> Dogs on the ground. Stevie's got looking me. Yes, come on. <laughs> For SVB. Exactly. We got to stop with the... With with the three letter acronyms for things, because SVB, S, SBF, there's too many things going on to keep track of that are all like <laughs> right. vaguely SVB made up financial and, and shit. SBF, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when when I heard about this bank, which I had never heard of before until right. there was a bank. Bank runs are hilarious, by the way. <laughs> what do you it's mean like, everyone just asked for their money back? To, <laughs> don't you have it exactly? <laughs> Exactly. It's like you had one job, have the money. <laughs> People ask for it and you just didn't have it. It'd be like a baseball team going out there and being like, all right, time to play time to play baseball. Can we have the bucket of balls? And the team just being like, yeah, sorry. Actually, we sold all of the balls as <laughs> long-term investments. <laughs> so that we could have more baseballs in the future. For right, exactly. And then the interest rate on baseballs. Rob Manfred takes a baseball for yes. every 10 that we have. Right. Now that long-term investment doesn't look so And good. he keeps them on his person at all times. Because exactly. he's a very financially secure individual. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dragging ba- ba- <laughs> bags of baseballs behind him. SVB, the name of it, Silicon Valley Bank. It almost makes it seem like it was like a some sort of public bank, you know? When you name it after like an area. Because it's not like Wells Fargo, you know? Or that it is not TD Bank yeah. or any of these other banks where it's like okay you kind of understand that this is a private endeavor. Chase Bank, mm-hmm. J.P. Morgan, those are the same company, by the way. <laughs> sure, SVB. I was like, oh, this is just like you know the the government associated bank <laughs> that all of these companies who get government funding and stuff use, and it's like ah, oh, what's going on? This news story. And then it just turns out it's like a slush fund. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everything turns out to be a slush fund. I'm sorry. I could have I could have told you. Sorry. It's your bank f- literally for venture capitalists called Silicon Valley Bank. Never has money been more fake. Never. And we've had some low periods for the reality of money yeah. in this country's history, but this is the this is rock bottom. We will cover your billions of dollars in deposits at no cost to the taxpayers. So where where's, where's it coming from? <laughs> He's pr- just printing more. <laughs> nah, dude, it's coming from it's coming from Fort Knox. They just have a couple stacks in there, you know. Joe hands him the lock and key, and he's mm-hmm. like, "You just get in there." Who, other than Alex Rodriguez in the baseball world, were you briefly concerned about financially when you heard that SVB was going under? Other than the owners, who you know, mm. although baseball owners are not like VC guys, they don't know. Except for one, Steve Cohen. Who take it down a notch? Absolutely had money in SVB. You think? Yeah. 
I just feel like he, at this point, just has his own SVB. <laughs> SCB. Right, called the U.S. Taxpayers. <laughs> I mean, certainly I was worried about Roth Stripling's state of mind, right? Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, from the outset. See, but okay, why, though? Because you're, now you're just talking about investment banking. Investment right. banking and venture capital are two different things. I know that they're not, but I they mean, are. I mean, yes, but, you know, we've... <laughs> Getting real finance hours here. Yes. Um, you know, we've seen the ripples that these sort of major financial events can have on the oh, rest of the economy. I see. Right. So, so a VC firm goes under for billions and billions of dollars, and then all of the investment banks start to get a little bit scared. Well, and they I mean, start did, to pull money out of it. Did Did the, Ross have investments in SVB? Right. Did he own any stock there? See. <laughs> This is the point in time in which it would be beneficial for me to actually have known anything about what Ross Stripling does on Wall Street. You know, like previously, I've just made jokes that he's just really diversified in the fintech space. (laughs) I don't know what that means, though. (laughs) But my understanding is that he was getting down with publicly traded companies. He Mm. wasn't like getting in the VC firm zone. He wasn't like an early investor in Uber. I could be wrong about that, though. Maybe he is, at which point... In which case, I don't know why he's still playing. <laughs> Retire, big dog. I will note, he's been um, frighteningly silent on the issue, <laughs> on his social accounts. I, Ross Stripling, as the voice of fintech. fintech in baseball, you kind of have a responsibility here. When I say fintech, you say what? Ross Stripling. Right. D- technology based on, like, fin, right? Like, dolphin <laughs> fins. And Boo. <laughs> I won't lie, it's kind of what my mind goes to. <laughs> you just picture Ross Stripling in a board meeting and they're presenting him like dolphin based technology. <laughs> right, exactly. And he's like, yes, that one. That one. Here's that, $20,000. That thousand goes crazy. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. Honestly, I don't know what we're even talking about. I think we should do the banned topics. So you're saying we're banning SVB <laughs> from discussion on the Absolutely podcast? Absolutely <laughs> not. No, because there is. A lot of potential, growth potential for the SVB storyline. Yeah. Heading into this season. The only thing that I regret is that the bank didn't go under and there's no legal cases about it now because now we will not have that information revealed to us in a court of law. It's all just going to be swept under the Joe Biden rug. That's, I mean, okay, so you don't believe in forgiveness <laughs> or restorative justice? Restorative <laughs> justice. You don't think everyone deserves a second chance? Get out chance? of here. Get out. <laughs> Get out. Leave the studio. Restorative justice for venture, venture capitalists. I got some restorative justice in mind. <laughs> right. Jump, job, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now we really need to move on before we get ourselves in trouble. It's the banned topics of 2023. God, I'm excited for this. Mm-hmm. I love this. This was fun last year. I would like to do an audit of our banned topics from last year. Here they were. You banned three topics. Mm-hmm. I banned four. Once again, one-upping you. No runner on second talk. That was my first band topic. The ghost runner, as it is incorrectly referred to. More accurately, the zombie runner or the Manfred man. I banned us from talking about that because there's nothing new to say. Uh, discourse around Tony LaRusso being a red ass, specifically. We, you know, we were allowed to talk about managerial decisions that he made, but we weren't allowed to talk about his cultural clash with the White Sox clubhouse. I banned us from talking about the NFT grifts of individual baseball players. 
I left it open for us to talk about the league as a whole and their NFT grifting, but I didn't want to talk about deals that specific players signed. Right. Luckily, we didn't have to because they all fell apart <laughs> <laughs> pretty quickly. Um, and then I also banned the topic, is baseball dying in the culture? Because I feel as though that one has been uh, slowly unfolding over the course of 10 years. Is baseball dying? Mm-hmm. Is it the next sport to go the way of boxing? All of that. And I feel like we did a good job of not talking about that. I agree. Because I still, like, I don't care, right? Like, it kind of doesn't make a difference to me. Yeah. That make, you know, like... The people listening to this pod are not going to stop watching baseball. Right. So I I'm think like, we're good. I'm like... When you say dying, do you mean is Rob Manfred trying to dismantle the sport? Worth discussing. When you say it got lower ratings on Fox this this year than last year, sure. great. That's yeah. numbers on a spreadsheet to me. Exactly. Man, I could still watch the game, and I did. So, <laughs> uh, My friend and colleague Brian Curtis at The Ringer tweets after every single sporting event, or just really anytime so there's discourse around TV ratings, um, TV ratings will not affect your life. Yep, and it just remains true. Incredibly true statement, and he he just never gets tired of sharing that sentiment. Your banned topics last year were the Universal DH, which I do feel like I remember us talking about that once. I think we did. So yeah. we violated one of yours. Uh, you banned. <laughs> in retrospect, this was a sort of a prisoner of the moment banning by you, but you banned the discourse over hats, <laughs> mm. like new hat designs that were being dropped by New Era, like. Seemingly every eight hours, right. um, which those that sort of felt like a psyop, the way that they were dropping those hats onto Twitter, right. trying to get reactions out of people. But for like six months, it was all they did and yeah. all everyone was in baseball was talking about. Right. And then they just stopped. They were just like, Man, we're out of ideas. It's like how anytime there's a new musician, it's like this person, X person is an industry plant. Yep. It's like, that's how I felt about the hats. <laughs> These are hat industry plants. <laughs> um, our third topic. uh I regret to tell you, we just did a god-awful job mm-hmm. of not talking about. Our third topic that you banned was Bob Nightingale. Yeah. This one was in one ear, out the other. Yeah. We banned it, and I just forgot. Probably the next week. We yeah. just kept on talking about him. So, it's, it's, it's time for a mea culpa. What do we do to apologize for that failure? Only talk about Bob right. Nightingale exactly. for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> First, we unban him. In fact, we promote him. <laughs> right. With a segment every week. <laughs> What's Bob talking about? Well, so this What's is a great Bob way got to do with it to introduce our guest that we have with us right here, right now, to talk about Silicon Valley Bank. <laughs> Please welcome in Bob Nightingale. He calls it like Sonoma County Bank or something. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so in honor of the baseball is dying one being the longest standing topic that we had banned. And also, in honor of, I, I asked people in the Slack, what would they like to see us ban this year? And that came up again. So there is some popular sentiment among Tipping Pitches fans and listeners to continue that ban. So I'm just going to go ahead and use my executive power here to say that that is still banned. It is remaining banned. Is there anything else on this list that you would say you would like to say, let's roll that ban over. Let's re-up that ban. Let's exercise the Tipping Pitches option on that ban. <laughs> I think Tony LaRussa red ass discourse still applies. Like we've kind of exhausted that well. Yeah. He's also he's not the manager of the White Sox anymore. Exactly why <laughs> we should retire it, you know? Exactly why we're not gonna talk about it. 
<laughs> I could tell in your eyes that you just did not remember that when I said it to you. <laughs> Woo! Love to do a baseball podcast. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm fine with keeping that band going, although I don't know if we need to waste the option on it because I don't <laughs> anticipate us talking about that. But yeah, I'm good with that. What else? You want to bring hats back into the fold? You know, you, you, know, want, to, you want to I, start talking about them again? I do want to start talking about the Universal DH again. Okay, uh, I want to great. Bring, I want to bring that back. Let's this do it year. right now. Okay. A fun way to do this would have been we ceremoniously unban these things and we have to talk about them each for five minutes. Right. <laughs> Find something to say about the runner on second. Do you feel like Tony LaRusso was a culture clash with the White Sox young talent last year? Right. Go. 30 seconds. Go. No. <laughs> No, he was, he was exactly what the team needed at the time. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Put some respect on his name. Uh, okay. So then let's do it. Let's go to the 2023 band topics. Hell yeah. We have each prepared three band topics. I do have some honorable mentions here. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if any of my honorable mentions will be included in your list. So I started it off last year. Why don't you start it off this year? What is your first band topic from the Tipping Pitches podcast in 2023? As a reminder, for people who did not listen to this segment last year, we ban this topic. One of us bans this topic. The other person has not heard the other's list. And we are not allowed to talk about it on the podcast until next year at this time when we In do theory. the 2024. Yeah, sometimes we might make a mistake. You know, we're not perfect. Sometimes we over-insure our bank deposits. Right. You know, under-insure our bank deposits. I don't really know. Yeah, sometimes the uh, the long-term extension we sign the young player to doesn't work out. Right? Okay, no spoilers. <laughs> um. We ban it from the, the podcast. It's sort of a gray area as to whether we're allowed to talk about it on Twitter. I think that where we landed last year was that we are allowed, but it's sort of against the spirit of this. Mm-hmm. If it comes up and we can make an easy, quick joke for some for some clout, low-calorie retweets, you know, right. then that's fine. Empty-calorie retweets, that's what we're all about on the yeah. Tipping Pitches podcast. But it is banned from the podcast as soon as it is uttered and agreed upon mm-hmm. on this show. So the stakes... Some might say they've never been higher. Yeah. Okay. First topic. You're up. First topic. Maybe the toughest one on here. This might be this year's Bob Nightingale. In the sense that we just don't follow this. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> just ignore it. Uh, I'd like to ban discussion of owners who are shocked at other owners spending money. <laughs> okay. Can you give an example? I could give dozens. <laughs> I just, I, I, every four or six weeks, there's an article yeah. and it's like anonymous executive says, I don't understand how what Steve Cohen is doing is sustainable. Sure. And then we spend the next week saying, this is really representative of what's wrong with the sport today. And then we go on the podcast and we talk about how you're banning just one of our core topics. Exactly. <laughs> because, because this was kind of yeah. hard this year for me to think of stuff that we could ban that would not drastically hinder the content (laughs) of the show. You know, like, should we ban payroll discourse? Right. That crossed my mind. And then I was like, gotta be honest, I think the people want us to talk about payroll. All our episodes would be a lot shorter. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm hearing from the the heads out there, the TP heads. Yeah. They want the long pods. They want long pods. And I'm here to say, I'm trying. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing my part. I'm doing my best. Sometimes we record for over two hours and 35 minutes of it is unusable. Mm-hmm. Truly, you would not want to hear it. Yeah. So I just want to say to those people, the two-hour pod will come one day. I just don't think today is that day. So let's keep on moving. 
owners talking about other owners' payroll. Or rather, owners being surprised. What, what was it again? <laughs> I just... I Yes, it's, it's owners' um, feigned shock at other owners' uh, business dealings. And I just don't think it serves mm-hmm. us yeah. to say, well, let's talk about this. Yeah. You know? Like, to accept the argument. Right, say well, there is there is a right and wrong here, right, in what Peter Seidler is doing. So let's break it down and let's argue the other side. Fifty years ago, if an owner said, "Yeah, so I'm going to spend money and invest in my team," we would have taken it in stride, right? And if an owner said, "I'm going to sell the team for parts," we'd be calling him Charlie Finley, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> but you just have so much trauma. <laughs> So much Ace Man drama. <laughs> like it just underscores everything we do here. You know, and that's why it's why we work together because mm-hmm. you are hurt by the A's and I am hurt by the Mets for different reasons. Yeah. And we supplement each other's pain. Exactly. I like this one. This is good. Cause I am kind of tired of being like it it sort of reminds me of when like ninety-four percent of political coverage is like journalists covering Republicans saying that they don't understand how Democrats Democrats could try to get this bill through. Mm-hmm. And then the Democrats responding and being like, we just can't understand how Republicans are against these common sense reforms. And then the journalist just covers the back and forth like it's like a tennis match. Like they have to cover every single swing between Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer. And then by the end of it, it's just like, this ended up nowhere. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. There's like a news item, Democrats pass X bill. And the New York Times is like, so we went and asked 10 people who we know are against this how they thought about it. We went to the heartland to right. find out what the real people are thinking. A lot of people think that the Tipping Pitches podcast is the heartland of baseball discourse. I've heard that before. I've always said that. When I see people on the street and they recognize me, <laughs> they say, you look like you host the Tipping Pitches podcast. They're like the heartland of baseball discourse. Yeah. They were like, where's that Topeka, Kansas radio show? Yeah, like that's, that's where uh, I first you heard you. Like they don't just give these phone numbers away to anybody who signs up for a Google Voice account and chooses the phone number that they want their voicemail to be. They don't do that. Right? You can't do that. If you try right now, they will deny you. I'm not gonna lie. I kind of forgot that we chose the phone number based off of the Topeka, Kansas, Topeka, the Kansas area did. code. Yeah, that was a good bit. We should bring that one back. Don't ban that. <laughs> I hope that's that not one of your next two. <laughs> No, it's not. The Topeka but, bit. <laughs> I would like to hear your, your first band. Topic. Okay, you would like to hear my first band topic. That's great, because I have it right here in front of me. My first band topic is discussing whether Clayton Kershaw should have been on our 30A list. Just kidding. <laughs> my first band topic is, you know what we're not going to do? We're not going to talk about the performance of baseball players who are on long contracts. The performance of those players in the early years of their contracts. We're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. We're not going to talk about whether or not Trey Turner is worth the money. We're not going to talk about whether or not the Padres needed to extend Manny Machado. We're not going to talk about whether the Tatis investment is a bad idea. We're not going to talk about it in a positive or a negative light. We're just not going to engage with it. It just doesn't exist. Mm. There are no questions about the length of the contract and whether it will be a good investment on the back end. Yeah. Corbin Carroll, I have never heard of him, and he, as far as I know, has never ex- signed an extension. The Miguel Cabrera contract doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Not a thing. I, so I'm, I'm intrigued by this, and okay. I'm, I'm on board, but I'm wondering, when you define long, long contract, what does that mean? Is that like five years or more? 
is it is essentially, it just broadly like talking about a player's performance as juxtaposed to yes. what we think the value of their contract is? Yes, we are just not going to talk about basically like the question of whether this contract will age well. Right. It just is never going to come up on the show this year. Because I just don't care. And luckily, it also <laughs> never has. <laughs> no, but it has, though. Because I'm also banning it. Like, we can't even make fun of a person who is asking this mm. question. I don't even want to do that anymore. Okay. I think it is too low-hanging fruit for us. And honestly, I think we're better than that. <laughs> I think we've evolved as broadcasters, as podcasters, as nice. people. Okay? And I think that we can make better jokes than making fun of some MLB network talking head who immediately wonders whether Francisco Lindor is worth the money in year nine. Honestly, I don't think it's fun anymore, and I don't want to talk about it. That's fair, but if Greg Amsinger goes on TV... I don't know who that is. (laughs) (laughs) Bobby's like, we're not going to talk about anything that happens on MLB Network because I've never seen MLB Network. I honestly (laughs) wrote down MLB Network. But I crossed it off because I was like, that's severely limiting. Like, something might happen on there that's genuinely funny. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't watch that channel. I don't know. I mean, I don't either. The World Baseball Classic is like, and Spring Training is the first time I've tuned into that channel. I know the World Baseball Classic is being broadcast on Fox, but like, they talk about it and they do coverage of it on MLB Network, not on ESPN. Um, So I've been tuning into there for the first time in a little while, but generally speaking... It's not on my, uh, it's not on my media diet. That's fair. I'm like the the people who you know like watch Fox for a living. You yeah. know, like the media matters yeah. people or whatever. Yes. Like I watch MLB Network, so you don't have to. Right. You know, I get all the Harold Reynolds takes, <laughs> and I just like compartmentalize. You know, you're I'm doing a, a bad job of branding yourself as that because I think that that is a good <laughs> brand. I think that's funny. That's definitely a guy that needs to exist. You know. You're like Adam Johnson, but for baseball media. Right. (laughs) You're doing the leftist cultural critique of MLB Network. I'm laughing and joking, but that's basically why this podcast exists. Right, yeah. Okay, your next topic. My next. Wait, wait. I was supposed to be be dramatically saying banned at the end of Mm. all of this conversation. So, whether contracts will age well. Banned. Hell yeah. What was your first one again? Oh, owners, owners feigning surprise at how other owners spend their money. Banned. Banned. Should we have a gavel? Banned. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. We got a bark. Wow, we got a bark. <laughs> We're just going to keep that in. We're, let's go. Banned. 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 <laughs> well, this one is a good follow-up, I think, to yours because it's a little more specific. It's player-specific. I am largely uninterested in Fernando Tatis Jr. discourse. Like, period. Which is not to say... I don't want to talk about Fernando Tatis Jr. Okay. But he's coming back from a suspension, right? He's what? <laughs> what? I don't know if you heard. Suspended? I know. By the commissioner? No. This is, I'm sorry to have rocked your world like this. Bro, he's living my dream. Taking steroids, riding motorcycles in the DR. <laughs> Come on. God, if the commissioner of baseball said you can't engage with the sport anymore, I'd be like, I'm free. <laughs> No, I just know that between the suspension and the myriad injuries and the long contract, combined with the fact that he's on the Padres, which are kind of at the the center of baseball's cultural zeitgeist right now, 
we're Who going thought? right it's so weird we're going to get the the moral grandstanding right of well you know he's not a star because he used performance enhancing drugs right yeah. or the he can't stay healthy and this contract is going to age poorly, right? Again, mm-hmm. follows nicely on the heels of your uh, blanket ban of contract discussion. But I just, I think that the Tatis narrative has been really interesting to me because he was like the center of the baseball world yes. for like a couple years, right? And Laudit is like the, the once and future king of the sport, right? Yeah. And it all kind Very of, high approval rating. Absolutely. And... It's seemingly overnight, like did a 180, and mm-hmm. people are like, "He's not a star anymore, right?" <laughs> I, I, I just, it's not in good faith, and does a disservice to the fact that he's a 23 year old superstar. I mean, it's going to be especially unbearable when the Padres win the World Series, <laughs> right? Like that's going to be even worse, but. I don't know, man. I, there's such a tendency to sort of latch on to a player like him for a lot of obvious reasons, right? Regarding his style of play and his Latin background and the, the sort of effervescence, right? And joy that he brings to the sport. He's got the, the shirt that he wears open, right? Like he's, a, And because he's a Nepo baby. And, and because he's a Nepo baby. All of these things, you know, the swords are pointed towards him. And I just, I, there are better, there are better fights to fight. Yeah, man. there are better fights to fight. That's the tagline of this podcast. <laughs> there are better fights to fight. Okay, so discourse around Fernando Tatis Jr. as a star, as it relates to his suspension, suspension and or injuries <laughs> and or contract length. This is like one of those clauses, <laughs> right? In a, <laughs> When you're reading the terms of service, where it's like <laughs> Silicon Valley Bank has the right to not insure any of your deposits, or right, you're like, I'm like Kamala tweeting like student loan cancellation for those who provide who make less than a hundred thousand dollars a year and have received a Pell Grant and have started a business in their community for the last ten years. And to put their right foot in and put their right foot out and put their left foot in, put their left foot out and then do the hokey pokey and then turn themselves around. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Good thing we did all those things though, because then we're going to get our student loans forgiven. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Supreme Court said no. Who is surprised? Me, definitely. Uh, Okay. Fernando Tatis Jr. with all of those stipulations, discourse, banned, banned. Pausing to see if Stevie was going to bark again and she did not. But that is effectively banned. I'm just like imagining the person. <laughs> In my head when you said this, I, I picture the person who like goes on Twitter and quote tweets a Fernando Tatis Jr. highlight. And it's like, imagine rooting for this guy after his suspension last year. Yeah. <laughs> that person is just non-existent to this podcast this year. No, I'm... Uh, yeah. <laughs> imagine thinking this guy was a good face for baseball. <laughs> you know this person's going to have like a like a Derek Jeter profile pic and like yeah. a hashtag 62. The jumping up and down you know? celebration yeah. photo after uh-huh. his final hit. Yeah. Bio is like, did y- it the right way. Y- Yankees. Jeets. Islanders. Jets. 
they just retweeted the most recent breakout video from Aaron Rodgers' appearance on the Pat McAfee show. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> the darkness does bring out the light, you know? It does bring out the truth. Okay, three topics down, three to go. My second band topic, and this is the honorary band topic from, a, from the Tipping Pitches Slack. This topic was suggested by Owen, who listeners will remember put together the Tipping Pitches fan survey, the state of the Tipping Pitches union, a couple weeks ago. I was, I was fishing for ideas with the Tipping Pitches listeners, and there was a lot of good ones. I'm going to read a couple from people. Corey suggested that we are banned from saying anything negative about the Red Sox. I thought that that was a valiant effort, but that will not happen. <laughs> um, ben suggested that we ban the discussion of league-wide batting average as it relates to the shift. Like, ooh, 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 league-wide batting average is up. Right. Shift is working. I like that. That's pretty funny. Um, Simon suggested that we just ban the Orioles altogether. We just don't talk about the Orioles. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good, too. Although, I do feel like that sort of cuts off too big of a content pipeline in John Angelos, yeah. which we need access to, I frankly. mean, like in the dog days of summer, we need to be talking about whatever John Angelos is doing. He's working overtime to give us the content, and we have to hold exactly. up our end of the bargain. Sometimes, just let yourself have a win. <laughs> right. <laughs> we can't ban Orioles talk. Uh, but what we will ban by my selection, so long as this is okay with you, Alex, let's just go ahead and ban all discussion of the Tampa Bay Rays front office. <laughs> <laughs> Good, bad, ugly. The the Rays current front office, the Raysification of the baseball front office, mm. the Rays diaspora, you know, the Andrew Friedman used to be, Andrew Friedman used to run the Rays. Yeah. Did you know that? Did you know that? Have you heard about that? No. Hein Bloom used to run the race, and now he's trying to run the Red Sox like the race. Have you heard of that? Did you know that? No. Uh, I, I thought that this was a good suggestion because I feel like we have effectively debunked the raisification of baseball plenty of times on this podcast, arguably too many times on this podcast. And I don't feel like there's anything productive to be gained from saying, yes, what the Rays do is bad for baseball, even though they are good at putting together baseball teams. Yeah. Period. <laughs> it, I mean, I feel like the last few years we've seen a lot of the same breathless discourse around the Rays that we saw around when Houston Astros, right? That lionized that front office and enabled a lot of their bad behavior, right? And if they win the World Series, not this year, but at any year in the near to medium term future, <laughs> I really hope that doesn't happen. I do too, but like it's going to be unbearable, right? And so, frankly, I'm I'm okay with an indefinite ban, you know, indefinite ban, like an indefinite hiatus from the Rays. Period. <laughs> just the team too. <laughs> Whenever another team plays them, it's just like a schedule forfeit, right? Um, oh, I appreciate your <laughs> fervor, yeah. But uh, to the extent that the Rays are interesting at all. It's just not because of what the front office does. And I feel like we had this massive overcorrection about the Rays because of Moneyball, because of the Rays sort of leveling up Moneyball and doing it even better than the A's ever did and having the largest front office in the league. And it just felt like so many people thought that that was so novel and interesting for so long that it has become arguably the least interesting thing in baseball to me that the Rays are the smartest front office and that they know how to turn J.P. Fire Eisen into the best reliever in baseball. Like, I just, I, 
to the extent that it's even interesting that J.P. Fireisen has turned into the most interesting player in baseball, I'd rather just talk about J.P. Fireisen. Like, I don't really want to talk about Eric Neander's relationship to J.P. Fireisen. It's not really adding anything to my experience as a fan. And for the purposes of this segment, it's it's not really adding anything to the show. So, um, Tampa Bay Rays front office, banned. 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 I also just want to say... Sorry that- to Jeff Sullivan. Banned. <laughs> <laughs> Discourse around them. The Rays improved upon Moneyball. You know, they took that and they ran with it. Did, did they? <laughs> That's crazy how many rings they have now as yes. a result. Alex said scoreboard. <laughs> like, look, my scoreboard zero too. But hey, at least they got to the World Series twice. That's, you know what? They lost and it's just as painful. Arguably more painful, but at least they got there twice. You know, AL pennant flags fly forever. That's what I always say. <laughs> Get their asses. Okay. You're up next. Your third and final band topic. My third and final band topic is one that we have even even discussed not having anything to say about on this very podcast. And so I'd just like to make it official. I want to ban rules discourse. Wow. Except for okay. bigger bases. <laughs> if there's a bigger bases take out there, we're going in on it. That's the only... If Bob Nightingale... Who is decidedly unbanned. Who's decidedly unbanned has a long-form piece about the oral history of the bigger bases, we're reading the whole thing right here. Okay. This one is, okay, this one is kind of controversial. Yeah, it may be. Because I thought about banning this too, and then I thought, is it like editorial malpractice for us to not talk about some of these rule changes and how they're implemented and how they actually play out throughout the year? Because I considered banning, I considered banning the shift and or Wow, you considered banning the shift? You and Rob Manfred, huh? (laughs) Banning discussion about banning the shift. Okay. I considered banning discussion about the pitch clock. But it's not not even a little bit interesting to you, like how it unfolds throughout the course of the year. Like, it's going to be hard not to talk about. I know. So maybe let me clarify. I... Because I hate the pitch clock. (laughs) (laughs) I know you do, which is fascinating to me. I know. I... I'm just 90 years old. I know. First, I was like, you know what's a good stat? Pitcher wins. <laughs> and then I texted you and I was like, you know what I hate? The pitch clock. The pitch clock. <laughs> it's just too rushed. These kids these days. I just am not interested in the like. I just want everything too fast, too immediate. In like the state of baseball. No one has patience to anymore. Keep, keep powering through. <laughs> yeah, I think you hold half these opinions anyway. So I do. <laughs> Not everything needs to be the length of a TikTok, you know? <laughs> Couldn't even get that one out. <laughs> All right, continue. All I'm saying is I I don't find the the conversation around how does it change the fabric of the game? What does it mean for the future of baseball? No, I don't find that interesting. The world changes are here. They are not going anywhere, and we're going to be used to them by, like, May. Yeah, see, that I agree with. That's why I'm, like, really with all my power trying to withhold my I don't like the pitch clock take. Right. Even though I'm saying it on, on our <laughs> podcast that thousands of people listen to. But like, it doesn't really have the ability to really uh, screw up my day by saying it on the podcast. You right. know, people are going to understand what I mean mm-hmm. in that it just went from being nothing to something 
very apparent and hard to ignore in spring training. But I, I am trying to wait until it kind of dies down a little bit and it uh, reacclimates my expectations of watching baseball. But, I mean, there will inevitably be plays, games, innings, outs decided by the pitch clock. And it would totally. be hard not to talk about it in those instances, right? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't be me. Just didn't happen. <laughs> so it's like, I, I almost brought up, I almost said something happens to the A's, but it's not like that's going to matter. <laughs> right, yeah. So it's like the wild card, game three of the wild card. And the Cardinals beat the Phillies because JT Real Muto doesn't get in the box in time against Ryan Helsley. And you're like, this is fine. I'm just not, I, he, JT Real Muto was wrong. I mean, he was, right? Like, wasn't he? <laughs> so a, stupid. But it's been six months for him to learn how to get in the box. Again, get it out of our system now, bud. <sighs> I just think that I find it interesting uh-huh. sometimes just asking questions. how willing you are to critique Rob Manfred for being the technocrat, technocratic solution guy to problems that you could have easily solved in a more seamless way. Because some rule changes you hate. Like some rule changes you're like, why, why are we trying to litigate our way out of this problem that we could that we could develop our way out of, you know, like if we just teach players not to do this. And I, I guess I'm not totally convinced that the pace of play was a thing that we needed to change a rule to change. Look, I like we've allowed front offices to basically ether the pace of play. And then we gave them an out by changing a rule to fix it. Yeah. You know, like the pace of play thing didn't happen because players were just like, I want to wait a minute between pitches. It happened because front offices at the major league level, told players to go max effort on every single pitch because they were going to take their players out after an inning or an out of work. And that had a trickle-down effect of that being taught at the youth level. And now 15, 20 years later, since that has started to be taught, the pace of play has slowed down because of the max effort of pitchers and because players are more okay than ever with walking and or striking out. And so that is a philosophical decision that teams made and very similar to the DH we've just given teams an out for kind of breaking the game of baseball. And I don't, I don't necessarily know that that's what rule changes are supposed to be for. I think that rule changes are fine when you're solving for a problem that you can't solve any other way. That is my honest opinion as a, as a self-admitted sometimes problematically. So baseball purist, (laughs) I agree I agree with everything you just said. I just don't really want to talk about it. <laughs> I just don't care enough to be like, okay, but like, let's talk about how this is fundamentally changing the game we grew up with. I'm like, it's changed, man. And if this makes me a hypocrite, flies in the face nah, of dog, aspects, It makes you a reactionary, bro. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> like, not to be defeatist, but I'm kind of like, well, it is what it is. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I get it. Like, it, it probably is not a problem that teams were going to take it upon themselves to solve. Well, like, no it, one team is going to be like, we're going to tell our players not to throw max effort so that they can speed up the pace of play. Like, that's just not going to happen. Yeah. 
I, I have another sneaky take floating around that pace of play is a batter problem and not a pitcher problem, but mm-hmm. maybe that's going to derail this conversation too much. Really get too far in the weeds of the whole like pitch clock pace of play thing. Yeah. The pitch clock being a being largely targeted at pitchers when the real problem basically like since Derek Jeter and Nomar era has really been batters mm-hmm. is like an interesting conversation, I think. But yeah. Although, not one that we're going to have on this podcast. No, it's not. Although batters are penalized too. Like it's not yes. like it doesn't apply to them. I think that the, yes, I just think that the language and the discourse around it has been more focused on the pitchers. But I think when it starts to play out over the course of the season, I think it's going to be just as, not detrimental, but I think it'll be just as interrupting to batters as it is to, to pitchers. Look, <laughs> I think we're having a productive conversation. Maybe we shouldn't ban it. Maybe we should make it a regular topic. <laughs> anything to say about the bigger bases? Because that's all I'm interested in, in hearing. I don't have anything to say that every national baseball writer has not already said. Sick. <laughs> Amazing. Because every national baseball writer was like, this is my chance. They're doing a presentation of the bigger bases. I need to talk about them. I need to take a photo of the bigger base. I need to take a photo of the base next to another base. If I'm Bob Nightingale, I need to take a photo of the base with no reference to the previous size of the base so that it's not useful at all to the hundreds of thousands of people who follow me on Twitter when I tweet this picture out. Bigger bases are good. They're fine. Whatever. It doesn't change anything at all. I've yet to see the person who's like, bigger bases is going to disrupt the game. We could be those people. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Can I ban just like disrupting, disruption culture? Like yes. the word disrupt. Like things need to be disrupted all the time. Mm. When did we go from calling changing things to disrupting them? Is this really just like an Uber thing? It's like a real silicon, not to go full circle on everybody, it's a real silicon valuification of the way that we talk about things. I mean, they are, Rob Manfred is certainly disrupting me <laughs> and my watching experience. Can, can someone listening to this put a quote card of Alex's face with the <laughs> caption, Rob Manfred is certainly disrupting me? Alex Baisley, comma, the Timmy Pitches podcast. Okay, I guess we're not talking about the pitch clock then. If this seems like maybe because because a few weeks ago when we talked about it, you were like, "I have no thoughts." I, I think you said it on the podcast. You were like, "I don't have a single opinion." God, I said a week that later, because you like, I had opinions, but I was just so tired of hearing people just like triumphantly voice their opinion on the pitch clock. And then you were like, "Actually, time to now I need to triumphantly <laughs> voice my opinion on the pitch clock." Now that people are talking about other things, now that everybody is triumphantly voicing their opinion on the World Baseball Classic, yeah. and whether or not Edwin Diaz's participation in it is an international crime against Mets fans, a lot of people are calling for us to ban World Baseball Classic discourse throughout the rest of the year, like whether we should get rid of the World Baseball Classic. I just that conversation is just going to go away. I know. Like, I mean, I, I did. But, I wrote it down, right? I don't want to talk about the World Baseball Classic in those terms because it's just a bad faith argument. And again, like in two weeks, we won't really have to anyway. And also, I mean, some people asked whether or not we were going to talk about the World Baseball Classic. They asked why we didn't talk about it on our last episode. Why we didn't talk about it on our last episode is because we had recorded so early. We recorded five days in advance that only like one or two games had happened at that point. At this point, we are now in the quarterfinal stage. Uh, we're recording this episode on Saturday, March 18th. So the United States has not yet had a result against Venezuela in the quarterfinal stage. Um, I'm going to be honest. I've watched like five or six World Baseball Classic games, and I've greatly enjoyed all of them. I really love the passion. I really love the different, um, the like distinctly different feel of each of the teams. Like They have such a stronger personality than most Major League Baseball teams because there is a sort of homogen, 
homogenization of Major League Baseball and the way that they play, the things that they value, the way that the teams conduct themselves, that just kind of gets leveled and democratized when it comes to World Baseball Classic. And so I've I've really enjoyed it. But honestly, I haven't been able to watch enough of it because I've been traveling so much for work and doing so many other things and the games are on at weird times. Um, I haven't watched enough of it to do the type of coverage that, you know, like our friends at Cespedes Family Barbecue are doing a really good job on their podcast feed of. So um, I'm into it. I like it. I like the World Baseball Classic. I think it's good for baseball. It's good for the internationalization of the game. And I don't have any qualms with it. I'm personally very 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 sad and upset about edwin diaz getting hurt in the manner in which he did but it has nothing to do with the tournament it's a freak accident and i mainly feel really bad for edwin like not for myself and for mets fans like this is a guy who overcame so much as being the best reliever in baseball having a really terrible honestly in retrospect kind of fluky year and getting crushed in new york media for it coming back and becoming one of the most likable, lovable players that the game has and looking about as dominant and as cool as ever in doing it with the whole Timmy Trumpet situation and just the way that his stuff was so overpowering. It's just like a terribly timed thing for a guy who uncomplicatedly is really fun to root for. And it just it just bums me out. And I don't have another take beyond that besides the fact that it just feels like a fucking gut punch. You know, Brandon Nimmo sprayed his knee and ankle and I sprained my heart. When I saw Edwin go down. Um, but that, I mean, that's to answer people's questions who are wondering whether or not we we're going to like talk about or cover the WBC. I think we're following it uh, as casual fans, not as like super, super hardcore analysts of the WBC like some other places have been. How does the Edwin injury Just impact your evaluation of Brody Van Wagenen's legacy? <laughs> right. Centerpiece of, of really his, his career as the Mets GM. I'm just going to say Brody was right, bro. Mm-hmm. Except Kalnick's looked really good this spring. Maybe Brody was wrong. <laughs> this is why this is why analyzing trades and like doing legitimate baseball analysis is just not our bag. Right. I was like, this is a bad trade. And now I'm like, I love Edwin. This is a good trade. And I would hate to have to feel beholden to justifying my opinion that Jared Kalanick was the wrong person to trade at the time. Mm-hmm. It's just, that's so joyless. <laughs> I just don't know how people do it. Um, okay. I think I got it all out of my system. The pitch clock, the shift discourse. Mm-hmm. I think we're good. I'm I accept this band. Band. Okay. <laughs> band. <laughs> it's just really fun to yell. Band. Um, before I ban my final thing, I want to tell you my honorable mentions. Okay. I thought about just banning Josh Donaldson. Okay. <laughs> just like we're not allowed to mention him. Just because I talk about joyless. Just there's no fun way to talk about Josh Donaldson. No. So we would just pretend like if he came up in a Yankees scenario, we would just pretend like a different person played third. Okay. <laughs> like we just pretend like Gio Urshela is still on the team. Right. Like, wow, that was an amazing play by Gio Urshela to end the game. You know, or like, wow, Gio Urshela's range is great. Gio Urshela's fielding is way down. <laughs> you know? Um, but I'm not going to ban Josh Donaldson outright. He didn't rise up to that level. I thought about banning the A's moving to Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. But what if they announce that they're moving <laughs> to Las Vegas? <laughs> you know, like we've basically functionally banned any serious engagement with this conversation until there is something definitive. And so I didn't think that we needed to ban it. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's kind of implicit, right? Like you won't hear us covering every city council meeting. 
Right. Every time Rob Manfred says, this is our last shot with Oakland. <laughs> okay. Every, um, every artistic rendering of the A's new stadium. <laughs> yeah. Just covering it like it's just breaking news. Uh, so those were my those were my honorable mentions. Did you have any honorable mentions before I do my final one? Um, as noted, World Baseball Classic discourse. Um, my other honorable mention, which I'd like to hold myself to as much as possible, but maybe hard, is <laughs> Keith Olbermann dunks. Oh yeah, I just, in the words of the great Lauren Walker, I'm not falling for that hot take. That's clearly someone with a fetish for getting yelled at, and I refuse to participate <laughs> in that kind of perversion. That's it. That's my one response to everything that Keith Olbermann says. You reading a Lauren tweet on this pod just makes sometimes, like I almost want to ban you from reading Lauren tweets on the pod because when you do, it just makes me realize that like we just shouldn't be doing a pod. People should just be reading Lauren's tweets instead. <laughs> it's like way funnier than anything that we're doing here. <laughs> um, okay. Keith Olbermann, banned. <laughs> Soft banned. Uh, my final banned topic i would like to ban the word analytics mm. without any further specification okay so like neither of us are allowed to say analytics period you have to say something else That's after crazy, that i'm always saying that to too specify, i'm always just like bro analytics right no 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 because we don't do this a lot but other people do it a lot where they're like this team uses analytics too much that doesn't mean anything <laughs> that's not that's not a statement there's nothing there what, to what you just said. This team uses analytics. That's like saying, yeah. this guy breathes a lot. Yeah, this team uses bats too much. <laughs> bats are an analytic. Okay? If we're going to engage with someone who is talking about the word analytics, they're going to need to be more specific than that. I'm sorry. Specificity is important in journalism. And as everybody listening knows, this podcast is a journalistic endeavor. A very serious, rigid, journalistic endeavor that could be taught in a journalism course. So I'm just not going to, I'm not going to engage with the vagaries of the word analytics. I'm done. I'm done. Because people just, people use it as a blanket term for something I don't understand. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm no longer interested in one, explaining that thing to some, explaining the thing that that person does not understand to them, even though they will never hear my explanation of it. And two, pretending like that person needs to understand the input data of a Major League Baseball team that they don't work for. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I'm over it. Banned. Banned. <laughs> Say it. Try saying it. It's really fun. Banned. 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 It does feel good. But I'm saying the word like band, band, like musical band. Right, like yeah. Fall Out Boy. Right. Yeah. Good band. Right. Analytics. Banned. <laughs> <laughs> We're, let's start a pop punk band and call ourselves Analytics. <laughs> Hello, Brooklyn. We are Sabermetrics. Yeah. <laughs> Get pumped up. For batting average on balls in play. <laughs> uh, I'm on board. I, I also want to say, I think the appropriate response to someone using that word in conversation is to simply respond, what do you mean by that? Yep. Define that for me. The Inigo Montoya corollary. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't think you know what that word means. You keep exactly. using that word. I don't think you know what it means. <laughs> Just like how, as, as we've seen in recent 
days that we should be asking more people what they mean when they say woke. You know, <laughs> this is my this is my uh, wokeness of baseball is analytics. I agree. You know, I completely agree. I know. I like analytics is basically wokeism for baseball. Right. People who denounce decry it don't know what they're really mad at. They are or they're do, mad at but something. are too afraid to say what they're really <laughs> exactly. mad at. <laughs> exactly right. Um, I'm so mad at the term analytics <laughs> or the people who use it that I'm even mad at the people who have like come around on it. You know, the people who were like, I wasn't sure at first, but now I understand why analytics are useful. I'm like, you still don't understand. <laughs> You're just saying analytics. <laughs> You're like you need to do a little bit of both, you know. That mm-hmm. that's like the en vogue take. Yeah. You need to have a little bit of both, yeah. you know? A little bit of the analytics. The analytics. You need to have a little bit of that. A little, little sprinkle yeah. of analytics mm-hmm. and a little bit of uh just good old fashion from the gut. <laughs> it's like scouting. <laughs> like what are you saying? First of all, analytics, scouting is analytics. <laughs> and second of all, that's like saying I'm a I'm Socially liberal and fiscally conservative. That's what you're saying to me <laughs> in baseball terms. You need to have a little bit of analytics and a little bit of old school. No, no, you don't. No, you don't. Is that what it's like? <laughs> yes. That's like saying it's as, about as valuable as saying to me, I'm a Rockefeller Republican. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> when was that ever a thing that people actually were? Right, yeah. <laughs> I like this. This is good. Thank you. And this is a good one to end on. Thank I you. Think. Um, a little tough because I feel like a lot of our uh, content revolves around us dunking on people who don't understand what they're saying. So, you know, we're just going to be really careful. That's all. <laughs> or again, just ask them for a definition. Yes. We have set up some selective landmines for ourselves, but that's okay. Yeah. We're going to tiptoe around them. Uh, what we're also going to do is take a quick break and come back and answer a few listener questions really quick. I'm a jailer man and say Okay, Alex. Four listener questions to close it out this week. Two from the Slack. Two from the voicemail. And they're all, why did you leave Clayton Kershaw off your A-listers list? We just got hundreds of write-ins about that. You know, hundreds. People were talking. Uh, Okay, the first question comes from Dante. Dante shared a tweet of a screenshot of one of those MLB surveys that they send out to fans. Where they're like, please take this survey about how you engage with the game. And the question was, if you could change one thing about the on-field game, what would it be? And this person, who Dante shared the tweet from, wrote, if baseball really wanted to get exciting, they'd let a celebrity throw the last pitch instead of the first pitch. Base is loaded. Here's Danny DeVito. <laughs> and Dante shared this and said, uh, who would be the best celebrity for this idea? So the question is, if you could have a celebrity throw out the last pitch Meaning that any celebrity in the world had to get the final out of a baseball game for it to end, for it to end. Who would you select? Dante said that he would select Fifty Cent, mm. a chance for redemption. Yeah, I like that answer, Dante. Who do you think? I mean, I Clayton Kershaw because <laughs> he's a celebrity. He's I mean, a celebrity. He's a celebrity. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it depends on your goal, right? Like, is the goal to get the final out? That's part of the answer. I mean, that's what. Is it the people listening aren't hosting? You're hosting. You have to decide how to answer the question. I don't know what to tell you. It's podcasting. I'll just say the way that I'm interpreting it is that it's just for entertainment value. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not choosing the celebrity who is going to lock it down for the right. Mets. You're not like Although, looking through, like, like who played baseball in high school and who still has a cutter that works. With Edwin out, maybe that would be useful information for my man, Billy Epler. <laughs> yeah. You know, he seems like he's spinning his wheels a little bit. I'd like to see movie stars who have played seminal roles in famous baseball movies. Okay. Like, Charlie Sheen. Yeah, throw Charlie Sheen. Oh, Kevin Costner, you want to be in every single meaningful baseball movie of the 80s and 90s? Okay. So Go retire. Costner is good, actually. He actually is good at baseball. I mean, okay, then throw him out there. It would definitely <laughs> expose how much better major leaguers are than than what it just looks like to be good at baseball. Mm-hmm. Like what it actually takes to be out there on a major league mound. Like he would get his shit smacked around. Yeah. No doubt about it. But would actually not have to bounce it to get to the plate. Yeah, no, he could definitely. I mean, maybe not now that he's like <laughs> 70, but. I don't fucking care. <laughs> Jamie Moyer did it. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, like, um, one of my favorite moments of Bill's pod was. Uh, he had Costner on. This was like 2018. And they were talking about how he's in every baseball movie and how he's like legitimately one of the best athletes to ever play in a sport. Like the best at the sport that they were portraying on screen. Right. And, you know, Costner has been in like five or six baseball movies at this point. Yeah. And he said that for, I think it was for for the love of the game, the one where he's portraying a major league baseball player and and a pitcher and he's throwing a lot for like the final scenes or whatever. He said that he got like a bum shoulder or something. He like tore his rotator cuff. And he basically intimated or like full on revealed on Bill's pod that they gave him HGH to recover from this. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, damn, keep him out of the hall. Yeah, what? Get him out of the hall. I can't believe you'd admit that. I'm banned from making the joke that I want to make. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'd like to amend my answer to um, an idea that I think I floated on our Twitter account a few weeks ago. Okay, and your your definition of celebrity may come into play here. Okay, um, because the the people I want out there throwing the final pitch are not celebrities, um, although they may want to be, uh, and that's the owners. <laughs> yes, I. Oh, you want to raise the trophy? Close a fucking game. Yep. Log a save. Which you want to say that we did this? Which owner do you think would look worse? I feel like nothing could get in the mix, bro. Of uh, like actually, yeah, he looks pretty spry. He does look pretty spry. Yeah, he looks he looks healthy. Mm-hmm. Good skin, nice hair. <laughs> Is Bob Nutting hot? <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna let you keep going. Sneaky handsome, Bob Nutting. Tell me about his toned arms. You know. <laughs> no. No, I just want to see Tom Ricketts embarrass the fuck out of himself. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like I think. I recognize that billionaires aren't capable of shame. Let's get Charles but Johnson like, let's up there, try. Dog. Let's get you know? let's get old CJ up there. Right. I think Can't J- lobby your way out of that one, bro. After having made physical contact with JJF, yeah. What's your take on his athleticism? Out of ten. Ten being ten is like Mike Trout. <laughs> <laughs> Zero is like a dead person. <laughs> Honestly, he's pretty trim. Okay. He got that Bezos treatment, you yeah. know, like the rich guy pay someone to train me and give me HGH so I look swole when I'm on my forest vacation right. with like my new incoming girlfriend after I divorced my wife from pre-Amazon and made her the richest woman in human history. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm here all week. <laughs> Just reading Jeff Bezos's <laughs> Wikipedia. <laughs> you don't know that I don't have Jeff Bezos's Wikipedia page every time we record this That's podcast. True. You don't know that. 
Um, I haven't even answered this question yet. Your answer, your answer is Costner and or the baseball owner. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, Dante's answer is 50 Cent. I think my answer, my answer is Snoop Dogg. Because mm. if it goes good or bad, you know he's going to have a great reaction. Yeah. You know, I'd like to see his response to like the pitch com. <laughs> like, why is this thing talking to me? <laughs> you know, or like he the gets pitch a strike calling in for the pitch clock. Yeah. He's like, what the fuck? He's like <laughs> cursing out the umpire. I think that that would be fun. Snoop Dogg. I like that. Thank you. And, you know, he's like he's having a good time either way. Yeah. The the clip of him uh, <laughs> doing the announcing for the dressage, the horse <laughs> dressage. <laughs> one of the all-time <laughs> sports moments. Okay, uh, second question is a voicemail. Hey, Bobby and Alex. Uh, Dan here. Uh, I just finished listening to your interview with Evan Drellich about winning fixes everything, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, but I did want to take issue with one thing that came up a couple times, which is the notion that what happened in the Astros front office defies parody. Uh, the idea that the crazy personalities and behavior there are beyond satire. And th- that may be true, but I think the low-grade wannabe CIA stuff actually suggests a great way to satirize it. Uh, you take the Moneyball formula, and then you apply the burn-after-reading treatment. Uh, that movie does a great job showing how, like, even intelligence boils down to bored white-collar workers trying to get hyped about data sets, uh, raw intelligence, and then they end up tripping over office politics and their ridiculous delusional ideas about themselves and the business they're in. Um, I think any Moneyball Burn After Reading movie has to be directed by Adam McKay. Uh, You can ditch Brad Pitt or keep him. Uh, But other than that, I'd like your guys' thoughts on who we should cast as uh, Jeff Lunau, Taubman, Hinch, Jim Crane, etc. And any other ideas are welcome. Thanks. I I don't know what Brandon Taubman looks like, so I don't know how I'm going to cast him. Yeah. I do know that I would want Jason Bateman to play Jeff Lunau. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Thank you. Thanks. I like to think of myself as a movie guy. <laughs> Anytime you compliment me, I'm I'm just You're dead like, set on making you regret it. <laughs> you know? Uh, do we have a role for Brad Pitt? Let's make him Jim Crane. <laughs> I, I mean, if it's going to be directed by Adam McKay, which Dan has said it, it needs to be. Mm-hmm. I do think that we can just get Christian Bale to just, as he did when he portrayed Dick Cheney and Vice, we'll just get him in like an old suit and he can be Jim Crane. I think he would crush that role, honestly. Yeah. Although Jim Crane is not that fit. Yeah, but like Christian I mean, Bale, I know that Bale is known for. So what you're saying is that <laughs> you think Tricky Dick is fit? <laughs> <laughs> like he put on weight for that. Why can't he put it on for Jim Crane? You're right. You're right. The other thing, okay, actually, you're right. I like where your head is at. You know why? Because I hate this whole thing where we're like, okay, actor for role, they did a good job because they gained weight. Yeah. Slash, they did a good job because oh, they lost we go. weight. This is such a dumb thing that we have actors do where the Academy is just like, well, hey, he, he, Oscars discourse. He, wow. He gained weight. 70 minutes into the pod. He gained weight. Of course, it's a great performance. Or or in the case of Matthew McConaughey, Dallas Buyers Club. Well, he lost right. weight. I'm like, I gained weight too. Is the movie good? No. Is it fun? Definitely not. Is the performance good? It's fine. But he lost weight. Right. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Uh, no, but I think, God, I just, I love Christian Bale, man. Yeah. He's, yeah, I've been watching the, the, rewatching The Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises yeah. lately. You've been rewatching good. The Dark Knight Rises lately? 
yeah, I guess the way I say that makes it sound <laughs> like, like I've been doing it repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, Dark Knight Rises. We did a we did a watch along on watch along on Big Picture, mm. where we just did a director's commentary track for the entirety of Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Here's a I'm showing you a photo of Brandon Taubman. <laughs> he kind of looks like a fish. <laughs> I don't know that I see what you were going for there, but I admire the inspiration. I just need you to support me. <laughs> Adam Scott. Mm. <laughs> wow. Now we're cooking with gas. We got Bateman. We got Scott. What else do you need? Come on. Powerhouses Sold. right there. Sold. Yeah. Sold. Sony Pictures Classics. Sold. Paramount Pictures. Sold. Mm-hmm. Come on. Anything to contribute to this? I feel like I've just been <laughs> Frankly, ye- no. yelling a lot <laughs> about the burn after reading recasting of well, Evan Drellis' book. We, this is what we've talked about, right? Is like we need the, this. The front office is a perfect yes, setting yes. for that sort of workplace you drama. Could totally send up how self serious these guys are. I when I said it's like too stupid to parody, what I meant is that someone should parody it. <laughs> <laughs> That's like what our culture is right now. We just yeah. like parody the most obvious things in the world, mm-hmm. and. Depending on the writer, it could be good or it could be don't look up. <laughs> shots fired. Deservedly so. <laughs> it's even shots fired if the thing is already <laughs> like dead and buried by culture. Yeah. Um, I, I would like it to be directed by Fincher. I'm not going to lie. Uh, okay. Next question. This comes from Kate in the Slack. Are either of you eligible in any way to play for a World Baseball Classic team other than Team USA? Extreme reaches are allowed. Uh, if so, which one? And if given the option, would you play for Team USA? or team other country. Uh, Nick in the Slack followed up and said the official rules for eligibility are you've played for the team before. Uh, neither of us have played for a World Baseball Classic team before. You are a citizen of the country or a territory. I believe both of us are only citizens of the United States. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? That is correct. Do you have a secret dual citizenship that I don't know about? Are you in like MI6? <laughs> <laughs> You're actually a foreign agent. I'm cooked if that's the case. Yeah. Uh, you're a permanent legal resident of the country. You're born in the country. You are at least you have at least one parent who is or was a citizen of the country, at least one parent who is or was born in the country, or you can successfully apply for citizenship in that country. So, do you meet any of those qualifications for another country? Not yet. <laughs> until not, not yet. <laughs> what does that until, mean? Until well, until my mom gets her Nicaraguan citizenship. I see. So, in order to become a citizen of Nicaragua, your parent needs to become a citizen first? Well, to be clear, do I need citizenship for Nicaragua? Or is it okay if my parent is a citizen? Well, it depends because you, well, yeah, you could achieve it through your mom becoming a citizen of Nicaragua. Mm -hmm. Nicaragua, Or you could be able to successfully apply for the citizenship citizenship yourself right that would be harder i think i see okay i could just go and live there for four years i did like 20 minutes of research on nicaraguan (laughs) nicaragua's like citizenship regulation before this i was like wow could i (laughs) we've also just we've had tuna gronies you know a bunch of coffee (laughs) right i've actively applied to be a citizen already (laughs) and be on the world baseball classic team somehow you've renounced your citizenship to the United <laughs> States just because of this podcast uh, Italy is a little more lax I think I could successfully apply for citizenship in Italy mm. um, if you are descended from a citizen of Italy 
who emigrated to a different country and you can prove that that person was a citizen when they gave birth to your relative that you are descended from, you can apply. It's harder when your parent is not a citizen, Mm -hmm. is not a citizen, which my mom is not an Italian citizen, but my great-grandparents came from Italy. So as long as I can find... So you can cash in on that. I Listen, I have been... This is just interfamilial <laughs> right, drama yeah, now. Yeah. I have been pressuring my mom to <laughs> apply have. for her Italian citizenship for a long time because it'd be easier for me to get it then too because then that would have meant that she did all of the legwork to get right. all the documents together. But honestly, you know, like she she was here first. So, uh, and that way I could be a dual citizen and we can open up our... Uh, the Milan offices. The Milan offices, right. Yeah. I'm like, I'm open to a different city in Italy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be Milan. Yeah. It could be Rome. Rome's cool. Rome's super Could cool. Could be yeah. Amalfi Coast yeah. offices. Mm-hmm. I would be open to any of these, <laughs> frankly. We fly in talent to the, the the single the single strip airport in the Amalfi Coast. You know, like you have to get on a prop plane to come record a pod with the Tipping Pitches guys. Right. Lake Como office. Mm-hmm. Why do we need to limit ourselves? We don't. No. Good question, Kate. Great question. We can and- both technically probably play for a different team. And it seems like Italy was just like, sure, you have an Italian last name? Come on in. Right. <laughs> like, what do you think the paperwork that Matt Harvey did was to prove that he can play for Team Italy? <laughs> Show them his verified check on Twitter. <laughs> like, <laughs> I And, oh, to answer the second part of the question, yes, I would definitely play for Team Italy over the U.S. Oh, yeah. Too yeah. much pressure to play for Team U.S. And also, they have an espresso machine mm, in yeah, the, the so Italian true. clubhouse. Yeah. I'd play for in the Nicar- dugout. I'd actually. play for for Nicaragua for sure. I have some things to stick to Ollie North and fucking Ronald Reagan, Richard. Nick, you know, like what are you talking about? <laughs> okay, Iran Contra, bro. Oh man, I'm all in on Iran Contra. I know we don't talk about. I'm all that about it. We we literally don't. <laughs> um. Okay. Final question, and I'm just gonna say ahead of time, calling this one a question is uh, a stretch. John Smoltz is the James Corden of baseball. That's it. I just want to say, because I don't know who this came from. (laughs) They didn't say. (laughs) And that's their right. It is a right. And I appreciate that it was said with the inflection that may, they maybe were mid-realization when they made the call, (laughs) right? It was kind of like John Smoltz is, wait a second, hang on, dial tone. He's the James Corden. It's like Zach Galifianakis <laughs> with the numbers floating around his right. head. It's like this person figuring out that John Smoltz is the James Corden of baseball, which is is they're right about. Yeah, I just want they are right about it, that. Yeah. Also, a lot of people saying a lot of people saying like people tweeting at us, people tweeting this at us, people saying in the Slack, a lot of people saying that John Smoltz is the Chris Pratt of baseball. <sighs> I think because I framed it as. This is a guy who nobody likes, is not good at his job, and continues to get opportunities. <laughs> who is the corollary in celebrity? Yeah. And I think a lot of people were like, immediately, Chris Pratt. Which I honestly regret not thinking of myself. Yeah. I don't know if people dislike James Corden. That's the word on the street. <laughs> like, everybody doesn't like him. But, you know, I don't want to slander this man. I'm fine no, slandering I'll, Chris Pratt. I'll slander James Corden all day long. All right, that's serious? your role here. And my role is to slander Chris Pratt, who is not a good actor, not a compelling screen presence, 
And I don't understand why his milk toast ass keeps getting these roles in these very important franchises where it would behoove the casting directors to put someone way more interesting on screen. Very important franchises like Guardians of the Galaxy? No, or? dog, like Jurassic Park. <laughs> you know what was cool? Jurassic Park. And then Chris Pratt came aboard and it was like, I guess I hate Jurassic Park now. <laughs> it's like, fuck. I really liked Jurassic Park. <laughs> um, he made me hate Jurassic Park, dog. Come on. Um, equally, uh, equally as apt a comparison to the James John Smoltz's James Corden is like John Smoltz's Ellen, right? Who everybody really hates, and it came out. And I was telling you before we started this pod that I went on an internet rabbit hole the other night because I was watching. Uh, I don't have TikTok, so I just watch Instagram Reels, which is like again <laughs> brutal, right? Well, TikTok like four weeks late, but. exactly. It's like huge boomer energy to basically my entire existence for the yeah. last few weeks. Yeah, uh, that's okay. We're working through it. I and I came across this. Uh, Instagram reel that was like three times that celebrities were really uncomfortable in interviews and uh, it was Taylor Swift's interview with Ellen DeGeneres where Ellen DeGeneres is just like saying that she dated they're doing a segment Taylor Swift is on there to like promote a new album or whatever I think it was Red and Ellen is like repeatedly saying like you date all these people and like putting photos up behind them of like pictures of Taylor Swift with all of these different guys that half of them she didn't actually date she keeps insinuating that Zac Efron that they dated because they were like there on the Ellen show together last time. Right. And it's basically just like playing into all these stereotypes about Taylor Swift dates everybody, blah, 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 blah. That was like a, a huge thing in culture. Yeah. In the 2000s and 2010s. And she literally just like almost starts crying and she like yells at her to like stop this segment. And it's very uncomfortable. Jesus. And so then I went on like a YouTube rabbit hole of all of the celebrities who basically are just like, the interview equivalent of giving the middle finger to Ellen while on the show. Right. Of course, Dakota Johnson being the most Naturally, famous one yeah. where she basically brought Ellen down. Yeah. Amazing moment by <laughs> Nepo baby Dakota Johnson. <laughs> um, and so having spent a lot of time with Ellen in the last, in the last few days on the internet, <laughs> I can say that that it, it is a John Smoltz energy energy to her presence. Yeah. Both would gladly hang out with George Bush on their day off. <laughs> and both seemingly, for some reason, hate the very plush job that they have. Right. <laughs> you know, like the very plum job that they have. They just like are not interested in having fun with it. So, yeah. Ellen, James Corden, Chris Pratt, any of these work. Piers Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> no, Piers Morgan's too entertaining. To be John Smoltz. <laughs> wow, we got a pro Piers Morgan take on the pod. I think that means it's probably time to end, huh? Probably. Although, I'd like to see John Smoltz on carpool karaoke. You know? Like, isn't that, that something you're pining for? Do you think, like, when the Corden show stops? Because, you know, he's done, right? Mm-hmm. He's done, though. Sure. I, no, okay. Really? He, yeah, his his late show or whatever the fuck it's called. Late late night with James Corden. It's, it's over. It's ending. And he's... Damn. Wow, it's ending. You're, I'm just hearing about this <laughs> for the first time. That's it was, crazy. It was a great show. It was a really great. You know, a that lot actually of- makes me sad. I'm going to put some <laughs> jet engine noise in the back of this. <laughs> uh, do you think, like, when his show is over, that that just reverts to the Creative Commons and we can just steal that idea? <laughs> Car- oh, carpool. carpool karaoke, and we just do it with James Smoltz on the pod. <laughs> James Smoltz. John Smoltz. <laughs> Second Negroni. <laughs> oh man. What song would he sing? America the Beautiful? 
Right, like country roads, take me home, you know? Oh, don't don't shade <laughs> I, John Denver here. Oh, no sh- no shade, but it feels like... The producers would have to throw their bodies in front of that. Good Lord, <laughs> we can't let John Smoltz ruin John Denver. Big, big Denver head? Just that song. Oh. <laughs> Fake fan. Big Denver head, yeah. I love Nikola Jokic, I love skiing. <laughs> I love Charlie Blackman. <laughs> I don't even know where we are at this point. I'm. I have just pictures of Chris Correa up on my screen right now. I don't really know why. I I would blame this on the Negronis, but this podcast started out more chaotic than it even is now. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're talking about SVB. We like lost the thread of several analogies. Yeah, within the first ten minutes of the show, still haven't hit the two hour mark though. Can you imagine thirty mm-hmm. more minutes of this chaos? <laughs> just picture that. While I do the outro. Okay. Thank you to everybody for listening to another episode of Tipping Pitches. Band Topics 2023. Please let us know what topics you would like for us not to talk <laughs> not about talk so about. that we can avoid talking about them. Uh, Want to hear us not mention something? Let us know in the comments <laughs> below. We appreciate everybody listening. Uh, as Alex said at the beginning, patreon.com slash tipping pitches. Tipping pitches pod at gmail.com if you would like to write in 785 5881. I always surprise myself when I remember that number. Me too. But it's just these are these are like subliminal things. Like it's like my home phone number now at this point. The Topeka, Kansas yeah. hotline. If you would like to call in and leave a voicemail, that is the number. 785-422-5881. Someone needs to write like a Raymore and Flanagan jingle for that. <laughs> that number. And then of course 785. <laughs> you're just doing the cars for kids. God. Get this man out of the studio. Yeah. Tipping underscore pitches on Twitter. Baseball season's coming in hot. The Tipping Pitches podcast is just trying to keep up. Please share this episode or an episode that you thought was better than this one with someone who you think might be interested in the show. That's all I got this week. Alex, any parting words of wisdom? Would you just like to sing Country Roads Take Me Home as we close this? <laughs> Our outro? Yeah. You don't even need to pick music for this week. <laughs> I would love if you sang the outro. First of all, would prevent us from getting sued. Second of all, <laughs> do it. Three roads. Yeah. No. I just want to thank everyone for listening. All right. We'll be back next week. Country roads. Take me home to the place I belong. Rodriguez tipping pitches tipping pitches this is the one that I love the most tipping pitches so we'll see you next week see ya um as noted world baseball classic discourse um bro I'm gonna ban her from being in the <laughs> I just reached my activity goal According to my aura ring. Oh, wow. <laughs> Sitting here, got the heart rate up, sharing my takes, you know? Getting it up, was... walking to the kitchen to make Negroni is walking back. <laughs> it was the analytics take that got me. <laughs> <laughs>